Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. I'm so glad to be back with you again for another edition of Texas Ag Today. Well, there was a big Supreme Court decision this week dealing with the southern border, saying the Biden administration has to reinstate the Trump-era policy of remaining in Mexico while immigrants wait on their hearings here in the U.S. That focuses attention back on the issues that Texas farmers and ranchers are facing with the flood of illegal immigrants. We'll talk more about that coming up to kick off today's show. Also, we mentioned yesterday that we're looking at an excellent cotton crop here in Texas and across the cotton belt right now, but we know our crop here in Texas is running behind this year, so it's important that we're patient when it comes to applying harvest aids. We'll talk with one expert about that coming up in just a bit. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host, along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas, to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos and from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. The beef quality assurance training being offered to Texas High Plains cattle raisers next Tuesday in Canyon is not your average BQA training. I'm James Hunt and we'll explain that on Texas Ag Today. A USDA report shows the need for broadband expansion in rural Texas. I'm Jessica Domel and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today. Texas producers can sign up now for a USDA contract grower aid program. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have details on Texas Ag today. We'll have those stories, plus Texas wildlife news, and a complete look at the markets all coming up. The U.S. Supreme Court has ordered the Biden administration to reinstate the Trump-era remain-in-Mexico policy, requiring asylum seekers to stay in Mexico while they await hearings in the U.S. Many farmers and ranchers in South Texas have been dealing with the flood of illegal immigrants damaging their property and endangering their family safety. Russell Baining farms south of San Antonio. He also serves as president of the Texas Farm Bureau. He recently visited with farmers and ranchers along the border who are dealing with the issue, noting the frustration they're facing. Very much frustrated. Uh, another word we heard today is they feel helpless. Uh, folks just feel like uh, things are going on in their communities, uh, on their farms and ranches, and uh, they just feel helpless that they can't do a whole lot about it. Baining says this is a real crisis that needs to be dealt with. The situation is very much real. Uh, it's very much a crisis. Uh, I don't want anyone to think that it's not. Uh, and it needs to be dealt with. It needs to be addressed. Uh, and, and we're just doing what we can to gather information as an organization. And uh, you know, we had the president of American Farm Bureau down here with us, uh, President Duval. And, uh, you know, we're going to, you know, we met with, met with elected officials, met with local officials, met with landowners. Uh, we're just going to do the things that we can do, uh, hopefully, to help remedy the situation. Texas Governor Greg Abbott is continuing to push for more state initiatives to address the border crisis. The need for broadband expansion in rural Texas is very real, and now that's backed up by a new report from USDA. Jessica Domel takes a look at the report. A new report from the U.S. Department of Agriculture underlines the need for broadband internet infrastructure across parts of rural Texas. 
According to the report, 89% of Texas farmers now own or use a smartphone. That slightly offsets a reduction in the number of farmers who use a laptop or a desktop computer. 83% of Texas farms have internet access. Of those, only 40% have access to broadband. That is 10 percentage points behind the national average. 2% of Texas farms rely on dial-up internet service. 80% of Texas farmers have internet access through their smartphone. That's 10% higher than the national average. USDA says 18% of Texas farmers are buying their agricultural inputs online. 8% are using the internet to conduct agricultural marketing activities. That is 13 percentage points below the national average. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. This has not been a normal growing season here in Texas, so it's not going to be a normal harvest season. BASF Technical Services Representative Adam Hickson says his best advice for cotton farmers this year is to be patient when it comes to harvest aids. Definitely be patient with your crop. Um, We want to make sure that those upper bowls are nice and mature when we're making a harvest aid application. A lot of times it gets late. In, in the season, um, you know, up on the high plains, we start to get worried about maybe an early frost or something like that, especially uh, north of Lubbock, um, even north of Amarillo, uh, where they're growing a lot more cotton. Uh, we start to get a little bit anxious about getting our crop out, and we just want to make sure that we are cutting those bowls in that top part of that plant uh, and making sure that that uh, uh, Fiber is, you know, you can actually see the fiber start to pull out um, when you cut that bowl. And then the seed coat needs to be a brown to black. That's probably the most important thing to remember when we're starting our harvest aid applications. Uh, we cut that bowl. If that seed coat is, uh, you know, a more of a whitish or tannish color, it's not ready for a bowl opener uh, to start our harvest aid process. I'm going to make sure that that's Sea coats brown to black, and that uh, lint is able to be, start to be pulled, and you can actually see the, the fibers uh, there. And then, you know, when, whenever we do start to see that, then it's time to put on uh, a bowl opener like Ethafon. Um, and, uh, you know, it's really important that we make sure that we put on a bowl opener, and then also, in addition to that, put on something to get some of those leaves off the plant. And for BASF, we have sharpened herbicide that we recommend uh, with that bowl opener. It can both help with defoliation of that plant and also desiccation of those leaves and have them uh, dry up and prepare either for a second application or uh, ultimately harvest. Hickson is based in Lubbock. He says the crop is looking really good there, but it is behind schedule on heat units. A free chance for some high-quality beef quality assurance training is coming up soon for Texas High Plains cattle producers. James Hunt has more from Amarillo. If you're in the cattle business, you're probably familiar with the program known as Beef Quality Assurance. But if you or a member of your team have not actually obtained your BQA certification, Texas A&M AgriLife Beef Cattle Specialist Jason Smith says there's a special opportunity coming up August 31st in Canyon. One of the things that's so unique about this training is that due to collaboration and partnership between AgriLife Extension and the West Texas A&M University faculty, we're going to provide or integrate some hands on type demonstrational training into that. 
So this isn't going to be just a three-hour PowerPoint presentation type training. There's going to be some real shoot-side type demonstrations that are integrated throughout this training. Those demonstrations will cover topics such as animal handling, vaccinations, facility design, and DNA sampling. Dr. Smith says ultimately, BQA is about keeping beef demand strong. Generally speaking, if people are buying beef, they're not buying it because it's the cheapest animal protein source. They're buying it because they want to have an enjoyable eating experience above and beyond what they would expect to experience with other sources of protein. And so there are a lot of things that we can do to help ensure that that beef is not only going to result in an enjoyable eating experience, but also going to be safe and be wholesome to that consumer. And that's really the foundation of the Beef Quality Assurance Program. The BQA training is being offered as part of AgriLife's Randall County Ag Day and Crops Tour. For more information, contact the Randall County Extension Office. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. USDA is offering new coronavirus assistance for contract poultry and hog producers. Tom Nicoletti has the story. Farmers who were previously ineligible for the Coronavirus Food Assistance Program 2 also known as CFAP2, can now apply for aid after collaboration between the American Farm Bureau Federation, lawmakers, and USDA. Up to $1 billion will be made available through the Consolidated Appropriations Act to livestock and poultry producers, including many in Texas, who suffered financial losses from January 1, 2020 through December 27, 2020. The AFBF first raised concern about farmers being left out of the aid package in May 2020. Scott Bennett is Congressional Relations Director with the American Farm Bureau. What this does is allows contract pork and poultry producers, among additional commodities, to now receive up to 80% of their revenue loss between 2020 and either 2019 or 2018. The 2018 calendar year can now be used in lieu of the 2019 calendar year to establish a revenue loss for payment through this program. Under the U.S. Department of Agriculture program, coverage has now been expanded to include chickens, poultry eggs, turkeys, hogs and pigs, ducks, geese, pheasants, and quail, including eligible breeding stock and eggs of all eligible poultry types produced under contract. The Farm Service Agency has been taking applications since March, but October 12, 2021 will be the deadline to either apply for this assistance or to modify current applications. Contact your local FSA office to learn more. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and this is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service is accepting comments on a proposal to list six species of mussels found in Texas as threatened or endangered. I am Jessica Dolmel, and I'll have details coming up on Texas Ag Today. And there's a new treatment for dry eyes in dogs. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. In Texas, there's pea-sized hail and baseball-sized hail. Guess which one hit our house? We didn't even know where to begin, but we called our Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent, and he was so reassuring. He knew exactly what to do to get our house back into shape and our lives back to normal. Now, we're even more thankful for the roof over our heads. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to insure your home for Texas-sized weather. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. 
We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. There's a new treatment for dry eyes in dogs. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd explains. I recently talked about dry eye in dogs on the program and mentioned that a new product was just approved called Ocunovis that could be applied to the dog's eyes only twice a day to help with lubrication. With dry eye, the eyes become dry, which leads to infection, inflammation, pain, corneal ulcers, and blindness. Symptoms of dry eye include ocular drainage that builds up on the dog's eye with redness around the eye, and in advanced stages, the cornea will become brown or black, leading to decreased vision. This condition is common in small breed dogs, especially those with smushed faces. The main treatment for this condition has been topical medications like cyclosporin and tacrolimus to increase tear production. However, these medications must be applied topically in the eye twice a day, and some dogs do not allow owners to treat their eyes topically, which causes a decrease in response to the treatment. Dr. Wagner indicates cyclosporin implants are a new option for treatment of dry eye in dogs, and the implant is a silicone matrix that allows sustained, continual release of the drug cyclosporin for 18 to 24 months and prevents having to topically treat the eye twice a day. A very small incision is made on the eye, and the implant is inserted. These implants are also used in treating a condition called panis that commonly occurs in German shepherds and can also lead to blindness. The implants are a new option to treat dry eye and immune diseases of the eye, but at this time are considered experimental and are not FDA approved for use in dogs. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service is accepting comments on a proposal which would list six species of mussels found in Texas as threatened or endangered. Jessica Domel has the details in today's Wildlife Report. The U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service is now accepting comments on a proposal to list six mussels found in Central Texas as endangered or threatened under the Endangered Species Act. The proposal would list the Texas pimpleback, the Guadalupe orb, Texas fat mucket, Guadalupe fat mucket, and false spike as endangered, and the Texas fawn's foot as threatened with a special 4D rule. According to Fish and Wildlife, the mussels were once abundant through the Brazos, Colorado, Guadalupe, and Trinity River basins, but have declined in recent years due to reduced water quality and habitat destruction. FWS Regional Director Amy Letters said when mussel populations like these are at risk, it suggests other fish and wildlife species, and people too, are also at risk. Along with listing the species under the Endangered Species Act, FWS is also proposing designating 1,944 river miles as critical habitat for these species. The area is split up into 27 units in occupied and unoccupied areas. The designation, according to Fish and Wildlife, means that federal partners must receive approval before conducting, funding, or permitting any activities that could adversely impact the species or their habitat. The proposed 4D rule that will go along with the Texas fawn's foot listing outlines prohibitions for the conservation of that species. FWS will host virtual informational meetings and public hearings on the matter on Tuesday, September 14th and Thursday, September 16th. The deadline to comment on the proposal is October 25th. You can comment on regulations.gov. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. The weakness continued on Thursday in the cattle market, but we saw a nice jump in the wheat market. We'll update all of your livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Today. 
As harvest begins, the American Seed Trade Association reminds farmers to be diligent in taking the proper precautions to ensure treated seed does not enter the domestic or export grain supply. When properly handled, seed treatments are an effective agronomic tool that provides seeds the necessary protection for a strong, healthy start. Completely remove all treated seed left in containers and equipment used to handle harvested grain and dispose of it properly. Always be careful to follow state and federal guidelines for proper handling, storage, and disposal of treated seed. For more information, visit seed-treatment-guide.com or contact your seed dealer. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. We started this week with a bang in the cattle market on Monday, but it's been downhill ever since. Thursday was no exception. We ended up lower in both live and feeder cattle futures. August live cattle dropping $1.15, dollar fifteen, one twenty three twenty seven. October down seventy cents at one twenty nine sixty. December live cattle down sixty five at one thirty five sixty two. Now, the only higher price we see is in the nearby August feeder cattle contract. Of course, it's a very lightly traded contract right here at the end of the month. It was up 15 cents, 159.45. The rest of the contracts finishing lower with September feeders down 70 cents, 164.45. October feeders down a dollar, 168.27. The weakness is also seen in the cash fed cattle market this week. In fact, we've seen very light sales so far. Texas cattle feeders reporting a little over 500 heads sold in their area so far this week on the cash market. Most of those cattle must be lower quality cattle because they only brought 120. We had a few, about 50 head, bringing 122. That's steady with last week. We had some sales reported early in the week up in Nebraska at 130, but it's been fairly quiet up there as well. We did have a Thursday edition of the online fed cattle exchange. We sold 1,387 head of Texas cattle. They brought 122 to 123, so that's a buck higher compared to last week. Boxed beef was higher in light trade on Thursday. Choice brought $1.23 higher, $3.47.51. Select up $3.78 at $3.15.42. Now let's check the livestock auctions. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Labor, come and sit at the kitchen table, have a glass of iced tea with me and with Klein's Beer from Southwest Livestock Exchange Uvalde. They sold them last Thursday. Klein, how was that cattle sale? We had a nice run today, Larry. We had 524 head. Had a, a good selection of cattle today. I thought we had a pretty good handful of really, really nice in cattle. You know, those kind of them off cattle are still kind of guys aren't wanting them too much. But, you know, anything that's pretty nice calf today is bringing top dollar. Packer cows and bulls were steady. Replacement cows had lots of demand on a few pairs and breads we had here today. That I'd say the calves and the earlings were steady across the board on the top end. The real lightweight kind of conditioned cattle, things of those nature are sure top in the market. You know, the number one choice steers, $1.35, $1.65, lightweights, $1.65. 65 to $1.90. Number one choice heifers, $1.05 to $1.35. Lightweights were $1.45 to $1.75. Crossbred steers were $1.30 to $1.60. Lightweights, $1.55 to $1.85. Crossbred heifers were $1.00 to $1.20. And the lightweights were $1.30 to $1.60. Good weigh-in stocking cows were 70 to 95. Packer bulls were 85 to 94. The breaker cows were 67 to 77. The cutters and canners were 56 to 64. And the shelly cows were 38 to 48. Good cow-calf pairs, 11 to 1,400. Planers were 750 to 950, and then good red cows were 7 to 1100. So overall, I feel like it's a pretty good market, and as long as the numbers kind of stay like they have been, I think the market's sure going to hold.
hold while these guys are looking for some cattle with some green grass around. Good deal. They'll be looking next week. Get them at Uvalde there at Southwest Livestock Exchange. Klein, tell everybody how to contact you. Give us a call at the office, 830-278-5621, or my cell phone, 830-591-3241. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Larry. And thank you, Texas farming and ranching neighbors, for listening to Walking the Pens on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I'm your host, Larry Marble. Good day to you. See you tomorrow. Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures market now. We're lean hogs close lower on Thursday. October hogs down 85 cents, 87.90. The December down 55, 81.40. Class 3 milk was lower. The nearby August down a nickel, 15.98 a hundredweight. September milk down 30 cents at 17.06. The cotton market closed lower on a disappointing USDA export sales report. October cotton down 59 points, 95.36. December cotton down 34 at 94.16. The corn market saw very little direction on Thursday. September corn up one and a half, 5.52 and three quarters. December corn down a penny, 5.50 and three quarters. A nice bump in the wheat market on Thursday. European crop estimates are being reduced with quality concerns being cited as a problem. Also supporting prices, we've got rain in the seven-day forecast for much of the western Canadian prairies. They're still harvesting wheat in that area, so that's definitely not good news as they try to get their crop out of the field. Hard and soft wheat both finishing with double-digit gains. September Kansas City wheat up 13 and a half, 715 and a half. September Chicago wheat up 14 cents, 725 and a quarter. In the energy market, September natural gas jumped 29 cents to close at 419. October crude oil down 52 at 6784 a barrel. The financial markets lower on Thursday, the Dow down 192 points, 35,213. The Nasdaq down 96 at 14,945. The S&P down 26, 4,470. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. Don't forget, we'll be right back here next time to bring you all of the latest news in Texas agriculture. My name's Carrie Martin. See you next time right here on Texas Ag Today. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.